0: On the show today, is this the real world, a landslide of storytelling, and I'm just a poor boy named Richie Rich in three, two, one. Alex, is this the real world?
1: No, this is just fantasy. Unfortunately, it's a really bad one.
0: Yeah, we got caught in a landslide.
1: We got caught in a pandemic.
0: We did. Why is it that we always end up starting these things with lyrics from Bohemian Rhapsody?
1: Oh, uh, copyright likes us.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. I am Alex. And on this show... Uh, we uh, are Anywhere the Wind Blows. So, Alex, I wanted to do a little bit of a soapbox up at the front. Uh, Not so much so that we can do an indictment of something like we usually do, but to discuss something that has been more on my mind of late. As you might know... Unreal Engine 5.2 just got released, and ever since 5 came out, um, the realism of games has started to get a little bit more blurry. Uh, By the time they've come to 5.2, there are, uh, you know, like diffusion shaders for light refraction. They've created more realistic uh, light refraction in glass so that you can actually see. Uh, mirrored reflections of the landscape behind you. Um, the the, uh, the suite that they've come up with in two is also uh, to procedurally generate as you move elements around a map, so that it automatically changes. You know pathways and everything like that. Um, get rocks and stuff going underneath the wheels of a truck, and all sorts of really impressive stuff. Uh, but it has gotten people to ask, you know, is um, is there a, a level of realism that is going to become a problem in the next? Absolutely
1: of years? not. This <laughs> is what we got full VR for.
0: That's true. I can't wait to have the game where I have to um, have to fight a shark underwater. Oh, uh, don't tempt them. They'll make it. Yeah, they will, and I am not going to be happy. Uh, But to kind of give you an idea, I don't know if you had seen this, but there was a trailer a couple months ago for a game called Unrecord that released a a trailer video. Uh,
1: So, fun fact. Yeah. I didn't want to down your bluster because you wanted to talk about this, but I have seen it.
0: Okay, you have.
1: Um, Because some early gamers a couple weeks ago talked about Unrecord. Yeah. And Unreal 5.2. So, so I'm familiar with this
0: topic. Okay, so you and I have both seen this.
1: Yes, but if you have not seen the trailer for Unrecord, uh, hopefully Nathan will post that uh, link in the description for you. It is a, what, body cam... It's not horror. So
0: it, it no, it's not horror. It's a first-person shooter is what it's it's based on, but it is done in a certain style where it's it's made to look like body cam footage yeah. of a, an officer or an agent of some kind that's going into um, it, it, that's that's going into hostile territory essentially. Yeah, um, and it's it's built. I think the thing that really lends to the realism is the fact that it actually feels like shaky cam footage on, like like on an actual body cam, and the movement and the motion and everything are more realistic than your typical first-person shooter. Uh, yeah. So uh, having seen that and um, maybe seeing you know, me seeing a lot of the actual tech demos of the the stuff that's there, um, I I came to the conclusion that we're at that point where realism gets a little blurrier than in previous like we used to have conversations where we were like wow the graphics are getting very realistic and now it's like wait is that actually a game or am I looking at a video
1: yeah Um, Uh, one of the other things too is uh not the same quite uh unreal thing but um there is something called photogrammetry mm. if you've seen no uh basically that takes uh, real world sample photos like thou you take thousands of photos and compile them into uh the game engine you you can do it in like gary's mod for instance even you can just
0: oh really yeah
1: compile all these photos mm-hmm. and build a 3d space using them to render that
0: oh sure, sure.
1: um and one of the other youtubers i watched uh played a gary's mod map in vr with that and the the thing about the vr uh or even just having that loaded in is it compiles all the images together so it it's almost like ai generated art kind of it's everything's kind of just a little off Right. right but it also allows you to go in and like 360 view you can click on it um, and get to do it in the flat screen not VR but you can go into where the picture was taken from each each spot and go in and see real photos stitched together and just not in a 3d space you can just yeah. like look at what it would look like i get you um get you. so that's a different level of realism it's an interesting way a really cool way if you want to build 3d spaces that are based off real places and has the real Aesthetic and everything, sure. um, sure. but this Unreal Engine being able to do that in the light work that they've done is Unreal. really impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. when I watched the unrecord footage, mm-hmm. you know, I was watching it in 1080p, um, and it was Mudahar and some or Nerd Gamers talking about it. I was like, sure. wow, that looks really, really good. That's yeah. like to... The environments, the light work, and just the way that they did this—like pretty much tech demo for it. Yeah, you know it's, it's very impressive. Yeah, uh,
0: the other night I went out to dinner uh, with Dad, and um, you know Dad's part of the the artist groups up in the uh, uh, up in that area. But I was kind of like, oh, and I don't know if you've seen some of the you know stuff that that's come out for in, in digital art, essentially of the unreal so i showed him a couple of those i i actually showed yeah. him like the, the tech demo so you could see the forest where they're driving the rivian through the that that forested landscape for the 5.2 tech demo and then yeah. i showed him some of unrecord and i'm like i'm gonna preface this by telling you nothing that is in this video is real yeah it's like oh, okay, and he's watching it, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, trying to, like, how are people supposed to tell the difference between reality and fiction at that point? And, yeah. and it's like, I had said to him at the time, you know, for the untrained eye, if you're just watching that and you don't know any of the technical aspects of it, it would be almost impossible for you to be able to verify that.
1: Yeah, um, and even someone who's a bit more tech-savvy or younger, who can tell the difference between graphics graphics? and like just real world footage yeah it's still really convincing it like is. you just have to know like where like things gamers would know up the edges the shadows you know it's kind of like with the ai art when you get a person like you know how you can tell it's not a person it's their hands and their faces are really
0: fingers and the <laughs> teeth have been really uh <laughs> yeah yeah, and, and, like, they're getting better at it, I know, because he was talking about AI art, and he was like, yeah, they're getting better at the at the fingers and the, the teeth, and it's like, there are a few other things that you notice, like, how people aren't necessarily holding cups correctly, like, they're kind of yeah. by the fingertip. Like, when you really look at those, you're like, mm, something's, something is definitely wrong here. <laughs> right. Right. Um, there's still uncanny valley for those who've seen, but like in the unrecord footage, to give you, to get back to that example because it's a really good one, um, in those initial sections where they're outside the building, there is a blurry effect on the outside for like the tarps and stuff. It does, it, it's not rendered, uh, you know, in, in a very clear, clear fashion. Yeah. And if you were to take, like, if you were to get away from the realistic movement that your character is doing, and it was played straight the way that, like, Battlefield games or, like, Call of Duty was, you'd probably be able to focus more on the actual textures and the graphics and stuff like that that would seem off to, to being realistic. But yeah. because it's realistic motion, your brain focuses on the fact that, you know, you're moving around that environment. It feels more yeah. more like that. But yeah. so many of the technical aspects that they're able to do, especially things that you usually can pick up on, like light refraction, or when it came to the metahuman stuff that they're working on, where it's muscle deformation and even, like, realistic tongue movement and such, that... Uh, blurs that uncanny valley where you can actually, um, you know, map muscle structure underneath skin of models to to do like a one-to-one ratio. Uh, I think her name is Melina Juergens from uh, Ninja Theory. She plays Senwa in Senua's Sacrifice. They had her do like a, a five-second reel basically in front of a camera of different, you know, facial movement and everything like that. And then in a matter of just a couple minutes, they map keyframes and they get what they called her metahuman DNA and they put a digital version of her up on the screen to reproduce it. And it's really, really good. <laughs> like, like it's, it, it's, I can tell that it's not a real person, but it's such a good representation that you can instantly recognize who it is. All of those facial movements and expressions are the same, as as I just saw with the person themselves. Um, and then the other thing that's really impressive is that in older games, even in the original 5 engine, uh, they had a thing where if you pull out, because of how graphics work in games, there'd be billboarding of, like, trees or or anything. If you get far enough away from a graphic, they basically create, like, a 2D version of it. And and they found a way around that because of uh, what they refer to as as nanite technology. It always sounds so fun. Uh, Right. Nanite (laughs) technology, where instead of having to do that, the polygons scale up and down. Mm. So it you never need like more or less you will always be able to have the same number of polygons for an object and you just get to scale back and back and back so you will never need to actually billboard or decomplicate any of your graphics they can be just as complex and be as far away or as close to you as you want it's just the polygons will scale uh, accordingly which uh, means that we're, we're at the point where so many of the graphics are essentially math. <laughs> it's, it's essentially math at this point, um, which might be good for file sizes, I don't know. But um, it's impressive in a way that, uh, one, kind of blurs the line of reality and also makes you think about uh, how much a smaller and smaller group of people can do with that technology— which also gets me worried about um, what that's actually going to do to game design. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, the funny thing about all this and the Unreal 5.2 uh, and that new, all the rendering and the light work that they've done, yeah. and I don't remember the name of the lights, uh, the light sourcing that Lumen. they did. Uh, Lumen. thank you. Lumen, the Lumen. Yep. Um, You know the funniest thing about that is that Fortnite is now using it. Yes. Yes, um, they are so when people are like oh fortnite sucks or you know it's uh oh, fortnite but it's like from a technical but way. yeah fortnite's taking advantage of like the latest in unreal tech and it's mm-hmm. actually kind of crazy
0: yeah yeah well i mean fortnite i've played fortnite and i have not
1: i refuse
0: <laughs> it is not my type of game um, for what it does, I will give. I will give you this. If you're looking for battle royale, it's probably the best iteration of of that that you could get. I am um, not thankfully
1: looking for battle royales.
0: Exactly, and I don't want them. So. It's not my cup of tea. But one thing that you can't really say about Fortnite is that they don't utilize the best technology that they possibly can uh, because they will implement it almost immediately. Epic wants to make sure to, from a technical aspect especially, yeah. that it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the best it can be. Um, I think
1: there was another body cam game maybe, or maybe Mudahar was just saying that, a body cam like, horror game. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's one being made, but something like that using this engine,
0: yeah,
1: uh, would absolutely terrifying.
0: There was a compilation that they did about trailers that are done in uh, Unreal Five, and uh, some of them were uh, like essentially tech demos for what you could do as a, a horror game. And I have to tell you that it it visib like it it physically made me like stress up like, like like it i i physically got uh you know uh, upset when like the weird stalky monster is going through the forest and you're in the forest and then out of it then it starts crawling towards you and you're running
1: uh mm-hmm. and it,
0: and the camera is shaking as you're trying to get back to the cabin um and the other one i think was where you're in the ha- oh yeah that that one is freaky uh i don't remember what it's called but it's like you're in the house and the lights start going out, and you go downstairs, and the pots, like, you, you hear these rumbling noises, and then you get downstairs into the kitchen, and the pot has fallen over, and and there's, like, a rumbling in the other room, and this figure, like, is almost looking at you from around the corner, and it is... it is freaky. It, it is... it is, uh, terrifying. Yeah, horror is going to be definitely a very different experience yeah. <laughs> for people... Uh, as we come up in this. Um, but yeah, no, I think the the other thing, like I was mentioning a little earlier, is I can also see this being where a lot of game companies, because <laughs> AAA game companies being what they are, uh, will now see this as being able to create games with smaller staffs and be able to lay a lot of people off because procedural generation can take care of a lot of this stuff. Um, The tech demo that they even showed for 5.2 was where they were like, this one area that's like 2 kilometers by 2 kilometers was painstakingly made by the team. But then we can procedurally generate out like 200 kilometer by 200 kilometer space with just a handful of inputs of just going how many trees, how many mountains, how many structures do you want in this area past that. With just a handful the, the of The thing people.
1: about procedural generation, different topic for a different time. Yeah. Um, everything is different, but everything is very samey with it.
0: It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a feeling that so much of that is so that it has realistic backdropping past the sure. world that you're actually in. Um, yeah. But the thing that is impressive is where they're like moving around mountains and you can do that. As, as a curated experience, but then the world then just changes to fit. <laughs> so you don't have to, like, remap everything. Um, the demo that they had shown, that the Rivian trailer, was where you get to this open area of the riverbed... And uh, I want to drop like a a cliff into the middle and they drop a cliff into the middle and then all the textures and everything just procedurally generates around wherever you place it. But then you say, I want to move this over here so that you can go straight through here and you move it over the log that's fallen across the way that disappears. They go over here. The river then starts flowing back into this area and (laughs) you know, your areas over there and it's done in a matter of seconds. Uh, to completely remap that landscape with just a single input of drag-and-drop over. So, you don't need people. It's going to be, the next
1: generation of games is going to be pretty interesting.
0: Very soon, we are going to have a game that is made completely uh, artificially. Like, where where they put, like, a line of code into the thing that says, Make Fun Game!
1: yeah no see (laughs) this is a completely different topic at this point but yeah um the problem with that is going to be soulless and repetitive and uh i was listening to something earlier where it's like yeah chat gtp or whatever gpt and whatnot it can it can use words really well but it can't plan forward
0: right right which is I tried to uh, like explain that even to dad because it was like with ChatGPT, like what could they do, stuff like that. And I was like, well, there is a problem with that, which is the idea that um, you still have to have something that a human aggregated in order for it to create something. It, with no human input, ChatGPT can't actually do anything like like it needs to be able to get something from somewhere uh of the mid journey any of the ai art stuff they have to be able to get assets from people that created them to begin with and they can only emulate it in what is essentially not just soulless like you were saying but also just reiterative in a way that the AI doesn't really understand. The AI yeah. doesn't really get what the purpose or the the function of it is. They right. just know it, that they can emulate the look of something.
1: Yeah, it's basically you tell it the format it wants and it regurgitates information in a format that you ask for. It doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't think forward. So if you wanted to do a game, for instance, sure, you could tell it to make a game and it could probably make a game. But for, like, story... It's not going to be able to take the things it did here mm. and then use that to generate more things based upon that. It's not going to generate like a story that follows a story arc.
0: No, and it's, it's going to really struggle with also like the curated experience of actually, you know, feeling the intensity of something and really, you know, ingratiating yourself to the player having an absorbing experience. Uh, and it's also going to have a problem with innovation. You know, because it can only take stuff that exists already. <laughs> it, it really, it can remold them into different ways, but it can't really innovate in new and exciting ways that people are looking for. Yeah. Um, but, like, but again, from an outside observer standpoint, you could do that. Like, I've seen people that are kind of like, looking at script writing or, uh, or or the stuff from Mid Journey and going, wow, this is like through the looking glass. For the outside observer who's not familiar with it or, or doesn't really analyze it, it looks close enough as approximation for them to think that it's good. As far as just the, the engine itself, going back to the Unreal Engine, uh, the utilization of that suite is going to lead to a lot of conversations I think we're going to have over the next year or two With people who don't necessarily play games or don't actually, you know, do any kind of interactive arts that will swear that this was real. Yeah. And that's going to be an interesting conversation for everybody out there to have with them. Um, (laughs) uh, I definitely am going to just try to analyze a lot of those for myself to see uh, if, if I can better explain to them why it isn't just for for future reference uh and that's one of the reasons I'll, I'll drop a link to unrecord uh in the description down below so people can see it and um maybe you can analyze it better than i can uh feel free to leave a comment in the description uh, a comment below the video too if if you see something specific that you can use as a focal point on that are you uh are you concerned for the future alex are we going into the matrix
1: no <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was literally listening to something about this at work earlier, and I'm not, I'm not concerned. Uh, there was a channel I was recently watching. Uh, in like the first video, the guy's like using like um, AI. I'm able to like have more scripts faster, put put them out, so I can put more videos out more often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sure. And I'm listening to the videos and going, yep, I can tell this is AI generated because just the way some of the words are here and there and occasionally it's just this this, that but they're also using like ai generated like voice like deep fake almost you know their own voice i'm sure
0: sure maybe
1: i don't it might not be their own voice who knows but like they're using an ai generated voice on an ai generated script and i'm just like this feels so soulless it has the inflections are wrong you can tell when the word is that they they it's spelled wrong or it has a space in the wrong thing so it says it the way it's written yeah but it's just kind of boring and i thought it, were, at one point one of the videos was like talking about uh, ai taking over something and i'm like funny that your video that happens to talk about like roko's basilisk and like the ai taking over and killing people or whatever making um creators useless it's funny that you've mentioned this in your video i'm sure you didn't read your entire script
0: like an imitation of something that's artistic because artistic stuff is supposed to be an expression um and it's very hard for a machine to express themselves (laughs) one day maybe uh, i don't think they're there yet Um, but, uh, for the idea of using tools to create more realism for people to actually build off of, that's going to be much harder for people to, to suss out the difference between reality and fiction. So Alex, you have something that you'd like to delve deeper into.
1: I did. I wanted to talk to you about something I've noticed as kind of a trend for a while now, uh, that kind of just bugs me in uh, gaming, specifically live service games. Um, MMOs uh, and the like. I've been playing a fair amount of World of Warcraft, still, always, whatever. Um, One of the things I've noticed over the years with them is they go, hey, here's an expansion. Cool. Uh, You play for a bit, and you might stop, or you might do whatever, but... Generally what they do is go here's the expansion and then like as the patches roll out, we're gonna add more content to it like You don't just start with Everything in the expansion all at once out Sure, cuz you kind of go all right, so like here's everything that it comes with But you're paying for all of it. You don't have to pay for the other stuff Sure, so it goes here's like the first dungeon first raid,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, yeah
1: And then or first couple dungeons and the first raid and then they go the next part will have more of the story Mm -hmm. and then another raid Mm -hmm. because they release them in in chunks so they have I guess probably time to work on it and so people have time to get through it before kind of just rushing straight to the end. Sure. You know it makes the longevity of the expansion uh, make it last longer Mm -hmm. which is not not the problem I have. Okay. Uh, The issue I have is when that new piece comes out Suddenly the game decides, hey, uh, we know you're maybe the level appropriate for doing this content that just came out. Why don't you go do it? Here's a quest, go do it, go do it now. Mm -hmm. Go, go, just go do it. And meanwhile, if you hadn't really played the first part a lot, like maybe you played it but hadn't gotten through all the story or done the dungeons and the raids, um, it's still telling you to go ahead and do the new stuff. The new stuff, which from a storytelling perspective is really that? breaking pacing Yeah, a lot because at that point you can go straight from somewhere in point A to the beginning of point B, skipping everything that came before it. And so yeah. you get these broken storylines where you don't quite know what the heck happened.
0: You, they basically were like, hey, here's a novel, but we're going to rip out chapters three and four, because you don't need to know about it.
1: I can go back and play one of the older expansions, uh, and you start off doing a thing, but then you hit a couple levels up there, and it goes, Hero, hey, uh, since you're doing this expansion, this is content that's now available to you from this expansion. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm cool, but I'm trying to like do it yeah, as it were to have come out. Because, uh, in a while with time walking, you can do campaigns as if, uh, when they were active. So you can go back through and relive them as they were. But there's that issue, is you get up to a certain point and it goes, oh cool, now you can just go straight from here to here and skip everything between, between the two points. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's like, oh, okay, but again, uh, even Shadowlands, I had stopped playing for probably a year or so I hadn't played wow in a while sure and i get back into it and it goes you've missed all this stuff but here's the newest stuff that's going on yeah. uh, in the zone and i'm like okay cool i haven't completed the zone that came out before this i haven't okay. even gone to it so you're just jumping in and then it's like here's a bunch of exposition for the story mm-hmm And I'm like, cool, cool. I don't know what led up to this. I don't know why suddenly this person is getting a redemption arc and this person is turned evil. I'm like, but great. Spoilers, thanks.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So it just, it's a really strange thing that that's what happens. And I think it could easily be solved. Mm. If instead of just having a, oh, hey, here's a, maybe an, Uh, item power level like gate or a level gate. Maybe it should require having completed the storyline up to a point.
0: Well, I mean, that is something that you usually see in, you know, games that aren't MMOs. uh, Right. Where where like, you know, even in sandbox games where I can kind of go and do anything, um, one mission on the main storyline has to get completed before the next one does. uh, Because otherwise... Um, you're disjointed. I mean, we're not doing Memento the game, where I can just pull everything out of sequence and just try to make it make sense later. Uh, you know, we're we're doing a game where, you know, you have a main mission line or even sub-mission lines that you have to complete in a certain order. And I don't really know why. An MMO, maybe because of the framework of how MMOs work. Massively multiplayer online, for those who aren't aware. If you do those and people are just not focusing so much on the storyline maybe uh, that they maybe it just doesn't matter to them as much and so they just want to jump to whatever the new content is because it's the new hotness and everybody is going to it Uh, maybe that's the reason why but I don't know why you couldn't just do it in in the same order too Uh, I don't know how a new player jumping into this would somehow be able to keep up uh, you know, Even
1: as a veteran player, I'm just like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, what, what do I do now? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe the, maybe that's the reason why I don't play a lot of MMOs. The last one that I try, I tried to play like Guild Wars 2. And I realized uh, that I just, I, I can't play these kinds of games. It's just, it's not my thing. <laughs> um, because Because it did feel disjointed in that same way where it's like I don't even really know what the main storyline is that I'm supposed to follow, and now I'm off on a completely different quest, and I don't even know how it relates back to the the thing that I was doing before.
1: I will will say Warcraft has been doing a better job with the main storyline quests that they do for expansions because they've differentiated the campaign from side quests, at least in the quest log, and how they appear, Sure. which is nice, but it's still kind of weird that you can... Jump from point A to point B, and you don't necessarily have to have that entire linear campaign done in the correct order.
0: (laughs) Right. Now, with something like a WoW Classic, uh, I'm wondering if they're going to, like, revise how some of that framing is done uh, after the fact, because they Mm. they have the...
1: I don't think so. No. I was playing Classic the other day, and uh, I will say one thing that's great about Classic is the tutorials are way better than current WoW. I bet. Yeah, because current current WoW just assumes that you've been playing MMOs for ten years and know everything there is to know about MMOs and know how to play games. Mhm. Which is not great for new players. Um.
0: No. As no. opposed
1: to WoW Classic, which has the old pop-up things. It's like you try to do a thing. It's like, oh yeah, here's how to do this thing. This is how this works. It's like, sure. oh cool, tooltip, nice, thank you. Um. But I don't think they're going to update anything like that, because even in that, like, your quest log, it doesn't have the, uh, like, it doesn't point you where to go, it doesn't have anything showing up on the map. Current WoW, it gives you markers and everything. I, I, again, that's, we talked about quest markers before, I think, at one point. Yes, we
0: did. A mission structure is the mission structure that, you know, there there is legitimately a reason why you go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Uh, it's the reason why when I watch some people do speed runs of games where they can bypass a bunch of the content, it's like this is great for like playthrough 5 or something like that, but you'd pretty much miss out on the entire point of the game if this was the first time that you had done this. I don't know if you've ever seen they them do a speed run of New Vegas where it yeah. takes them 15 minutes to complete the game. Not oh, cheese, uh, but because there's—I mean, there's there's obviously some ways to cheese the game engine so that you mm. basically get to New Vegas directly from Good Springs in a matter of like a minute, yeah. and, and and then just go go around to the thing but if you were to do that like oh i've played new vegas and i know everything that's going no you literally that's how you skip through all the main mission quests to get to the next marker point which they do let you do in that game if you take a different route you don't have to do the stuff in boulder city you don't have to do the stuff in canton or whatever it usually will mold itself to the experience of just saying oh okay so we're at this point in the storyline Uh, without having to to hit the other uh, buttons and maybe they weren't a little extraneous. But if you do just like a a speed run of it... Uh, in 15 minutes, chances are you've missed most of the actual storyline, so that you can do the thing where you get to the end of the game and say, "Yay, I completed the game!" But you didn't really play a lot of the game, right? <laughs> or, or know why you completed the game in the first place. Great for third time through or something like that. But speed runs are probably not the best thing to try the first time you go through, a game for that same reason. Um, MMOs, yeah, like you're, you're. Wow, it feels like they're. Inadvertently encouraging you to essentially speed run through the content uh, to get to the end of the content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is uh, odd because, uh, like, unlike the scenario I'm talking about, this is the first time that you've done it. So, why would they assume? I could see if they wanted to do the thing, like you were saying, where they take you back and you can, like, relive it. Where you could skip around, like chapter markers, when they would do those. Like, here's the chapters you've completed. A Halo kind of style chapter marker where I can go back to the individual ones. But first time through the content, I definitely wouldn't think that they'd want to encourage you to skip over entire sections of the storyline. The only thing that I take away from that is that that just speaks to they don't really consider the storyline to be all that important to the people that are putting it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. A priority.
1: The storyline is important to the people that want the story, I guess. And then the, uh, dungeons and the raids are important to the people that want to try to get worlds first.
0: Right. You know what they could do is, and it's hard with a game as old as well. But if you're, if you are going to build a game that's like this, that's going to have like annualized content and all of that, you could have a, 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 a thing where you explain to the players, like, what do you actually want to play it for? And you could ask them, like, like priorities for the individual players. Is it storyline? Is it, is it gameplay? Are we min-maxing? What are we doing? And yeah. then that would also explain what uh, hints or direction the game gives you. Because if you want to play it for storyline specifically, that they would not prompt you to go to the next area. But if you're interested in doing, you know, power gaming or whatever, that they'll direct you specifically to the the most optimal mission for your level. Uh, yeah. That way, they can they can kind of get the best of both worlds by customizing the experience for individual gamers. That might that might work. They want to showcase the new cool stuff that they put in. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, I don't want to really undercut all the stuff that was there before, that we just did. <laughs> no. Right. It's like, I don't
1: want to miss out on all this stuff, just because yeah. there's newer, new stuff. I want to experience all
0: the stuff. Yeah. I let
1: me do that. But let me do it in the way that the storyline would have naturally progressed.
0: Right. Because
1: right. that's the thing WoW does. It's like, here's all of the content all at once now. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point, you can bypass the rest of this and go straight to the next one. I'm like, no, I want to see how that entire thing's supposed to unfold. Like, yeah. as if I was playing it while it unfolded. Yeah. Calm the fuck down.
0: Right, I mean, the general takeaway here is um, if you have a story, you actually have to tell it. Right, if you're going to give me a story that I'm supposed to follow, I actually have to follow it. You can't just skip over it. It feels like that over-anxious... Like, the like the part of me that used to write stories had this over-anxious part where I wanted to get to the good stuff without having, like, all of this exposition and text beforehand. And so I would rush chapters or, or pages to try and shortcut it all so that we could get to the thing that I, I thought was the really cool part. But it undercuts the whole weight of the storyline when you do that it's like oh now they're fighting a giant alien monster like there's no weight to it because we just literally bed to the thing that you thought was cool it's a michael bay movie i like, you know, what am I supposed to do? There's just an explosion every five seconds now. <laughs> I guess the question that we could pose to the folks down below is um, if you have a good example of story pacing in games that you, you know, that, that stood out to you, and um, maybe a bad example. If you actually have a bad example, I'd be interested. Alex, I got a CritThink question for you. From, yes. From my wonderful, amazing list of critical thinking questions that I can repurpose. My question to you is, does your character's name influence who they are? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll think about that. We'll think about that. Um, okay, so let's assume that we have uh, two soldiers. And you're going to play one of these two soldiers. And they have completely same stats. Okay? So they're, they're, they're completely the same, same kit, everything like that. Every aspect of them is the same. Except one of them is named Virulent the Brave. And the other one is named Doug. So... Okay. So... Is this going to change the experience that they are going to have? I mean, one of them actually said they were the Brave, so... That's...
1: Yes, I think it would, in a social uh, situation, that would actually impact, like, the roleplay value of people interacting with oh, you're Marilyn the Brave. What
0: is Marilyn the, uh, the, the Brave? Vir- yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Terrible name. Um, <laughs> you know, they might be like, oh, you're the Brave, the title, ooh. Um, but it also depends on if the world that you're playing in values that. I mean, you could just be, Hi, I'm Doug the Magnificent. Yeah. It's like, what is the Magnificent? Who the fuck, do, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, what is, what is this, a moniker? Just a nickname? You just call yourself the Magnificent, a stage name? Yeah. You know, so it depends on, like, that. Or if it's like, hey, the leader of the country is this name. It's like, oh, my last name is the same. Maybe people will be like, oh, it's, they're related. They might be related or something like that. Oh, or you sure. can make your character actually be like, yeah, I'm just part of this guy's bloodline, but that's more into backstory too, so.
0: Yeah, think, yeah, yeah.
1: I think if you're going to use a name like that, it depends on if it's tied into backstory at all.
0: Sure, sure. I'm I'm definitely thinking that your last name may have something to do with, like, characters that you can interact with, especially for the persons running the game, uh, would be able to, you know, see that your name is, like, Coppersmith, and then if there's another Coppersmith in town, that you might get related to them in a way that that would not happen.
1: Right, because uh, no those characters. are names based off a trade.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, Oh,
1: Lou Coppersmith? I'm also a coppersmith. High five. Oh, you guys are related? No, we just share a profession.
0: That's exactly right, yeah. Hi, Hi, Mr. Cooper. Do you play basketball? No, I don't play basketball. I'm a literal cooper. That's what I do for a living. (laughs) Make barrels. I hope you enjoy. Oh, you're a barrelsmith. Sure. That's why they... They don't call it that because it sounds stupid. Um, I like it now barrel Smith yeah uh, world of barrelsmithing It's like a plug-in for the wine making Sims anyway when you introduce yourself and you introduce yourself with your name um, it has a, a tendency to draw an immediate reaction from people whether it's you know just general reaction. <laughs> Especially if you have a very simple name that people are used to, like a John, or you have a name like Breadbasket, which is going to be like, how'd you get that name? I wonder how that name came around. Yeah. Why is your name Apple? Do you work at Apple? Are you company branded? I think it's mostly the difference between names that are innoxious to the culture that you're in and ones that sound uh, different or divergent. Um, which might make you seem like you're not from these parts <laughs> in some way.
1: I am not from these parts.
0: No, you're not. You're from the parts over there. No yeah. one in this town has been over there.
1: town ain't big enough for two of us coppersmiths.
0: <laughs> That's right. There's only not room enough in this town for one coppersmith. And it's gonna be me. In some way, your character's name is going to influence how the world perceives you but in terms of who you are uh well again i think that the reflection of how you people react to you is going to influence you in some way shape or form i don't necessarily think that in the terms of an rpg it has to really affect your experience altogether Um, no
1: i don't think it has to but it can i think if you want it to you can work out that with your person running the game right into your backstory yeah um But, like, maybe you just have a moniker, maybe you're a stage person. Maybe you just want to call yourself that as a uh, way to make people think better of you. Maybe it's a facade.
0: Right. If you have a stage name and somebody knows your real name, that's a whole other thing entirely. Uh, That's going to influence a lot of what your interaction with that character is. Uh, Now, if I do decide to call my character something like Snotweasel, right, uh, then I'm probably people may not consider that i'm i'm to be taken seriously and this this might depends on what company you're in oh yeah if you're in if you're in weasel snot co then uh obviously you're just a company man right
1: (laughs) i meant like the company of goblins who'd be like oh what a great name
0: yeah 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 boy powerful powerful name (laughs) that you got there goblins named snot weasel that's that's absolutely great uh coming to critical role season uh seven
1: 2017.
0: 2017. Yeah, you're going to, it's going to be great. I, I think what's more interesting is when you go in with the assumption that you're naming your character with the idea of playing a certain way, and then the campaign goes in a different direction than you were expecting. Um, there was, uh, I think, an, an XP to level three sketch that Jacob did where he named his character like something really stupid, like fart brain or something. I can't remember what it was at the beginning. And like ten sessions later, this character that was made as a joke character is trying to like save the rest of the party by by falling on the sword and they're having a big dramatic moment where they now have to invoke his name to say we'll always miss you fart brain or something and, and it's like yeah the tone changed pretty uh, pretty dramatically here <laughs> over the course of I'm gonna make a joke character to this is the dramatic death scene of the joke character No, I think that's
1: the best way to do that kill the joke character because then it's dramatic and you get to say a stupid name and Try not to laugh.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, Farty McFart face uh, has now died trying to protect and save the village. We'll always remember you. Put up a statue.
1: Put up a statue. Ah, uh, fart brain the the brave.
0: Yeah. <laughs> fart brave. So the question, I guess, I'm going to pass along to everyone. What's enough.
1: your favorite character name?
0: My favorite character name is Name. I hate that. Gonna, I'm gonna have a character whose literal name is character name.
1: Uh, my favorite character name was Rexall Death Dice.
0: That's right. He killed people with dice.
1: No, he was just an interesting, fun guy. He wrecked people with dice. That's why I named him Rexall, because he wrecks all. Should have gotten some bone weapons. That way we you can throw the bones.
0: Yeah. My favorite character uh, name was, was uh, Max Jaguar, because it sounds like Mick Jagger.
1: Close enough for government work.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think our names have influenced how we got here. Do uh, okay. you think so? Uh, sure. Let's say Yes i give you no context.
1: Perfect. I I assumed it's because your name is Nathan and my name is Alex. That's why we're here.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it says it on the little cards down below. Yeah. Uh, However, if people wanted to know about the name Total Pebble Knockdown, there might be a place on the internet where they could go specifically, isn't there?
1: There is. If you'd like to know more about Total Pebble Knockdown or us... That's not about our names or more about our names i guess too uh you can go over to total dot
0: com over there you can find a lot of other names that also mean things like uh like maybe citanium mine or creatures you can find those you can also find uh our patreon where we have uh, extras that don't make it into the episodes and early releases for people who would like them Uh, and you can also find us on every podcast app known to mankind, rate and review and subscribe where applicable. And you can also find us on social media. I am at Citanium.
1: I am at EXP Limited, and our show is over at Pebble Knockdown.
0: Over at Pebble Knockdown, so you can keep up on all of your pebbly needs. Uh, and uh, no, we su- we surprisingly do not talk much about rocks. I really think we've missed the boat on that. There should be more rock talk.
1: The rock talk has hit rock bottom.
0: Can't stop the rock.
1: You can, if you put it next to a hard place.
0: That's true. Or put it into one of those family-friendly comedies. That, That also usually stops the rock. Until the next Fast and Furious movie. Anyway, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you on the next episode. Goodbye for now.
1: Bye! But yeah, I was um, like, "This is AI generated voice reading an AI generated script," and this person's just pumping out videos every couple days. I'm like, "All right, I guess you found your formula, guy."
0: How do we know if we are in the Matrix? That's what we I'm don't
1: trying. take the blue pill. Call it a day. I don't remember which pill did which, so good luck.
0: The blue, the blue pill. Okay, so <laughs> what happens is nope. Moving on. Is it still seventy for a level cap?
1: Uh, no. So it went up to 120 at one point. Great. Uh, during Legion, they went, "Hey, uh, this is getting out of hand again. We're gonna, we're gonna crunch that." It went back down to, back down to sixty, and that's up to seventy again. But lots of good changes. So, sure. I had a couple of people that were in in uh, Discord the other day that were had joined back up because it's a bunch of us are playing, uh, and they're like, "Holy shit, this game looks so good now. What the fuck?"
0: Oh, yeah, I know that they've done a lot of, like, actual graphical work. Hey, wait, wait till WoW starts getting Unreal Engine 5. In. <laughs> That's gonna be great.